Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at The Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve Lynn Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 95, the Magnum P.I. Opus. Do you have any shout outs today? Oh, yeah, we want to shout out Albert Gonzalez, uh, who woke up in the emergency room Monday morning uh, with his face all busted up. And apparently his bike came to the hospital with him in the ambulance. Uh, so not real sure what happened, but definitely looks like Didn't bad run. things happened to head and face. But we hope you feel much better, buddy. Jesus Christ. That's fucking gnarly. Jesus Christ. I was actually reading a story about uh, there's SK, a cat named SK. He is a messenger that worked in the Bay Area, worked, came up in Minneapolis, lives in Brooklyn now. He got in a fight with a bunch of crackheads. Uh, the other night and got beaned pretty bad in the head in said conflict and uh, got taken away. Uh, EMT locked his bike up, uh, got taken away. He was like cuffed in the ER. The whole thing was a total shit show. And then when he came back, his bike was gone. So uh, oh. SK is a peach. Um, we wish him well as well. Man, it's just like when it rains, it pours, you know. So Albert Angel SK, rulers. I hope your brains heal and you get on and everything is right with your worlds. So, uh, content warning. In the event that I, I probably already just said bad words. The language and uh, humor might get a little hectic here, but it's probably just a hard PG-13 unless it's funny and we push and push and push like we sometimes do. And then you might hear something that you can't unhear, so do with that what you will. And here's a question for the listeners. Wait, no, welcome to the Revolting Podcast. I'm Steve O, that's Robot. It's the 95th episode today. And, uh, ding, ding, ding. Fucking A. Five away from the century. That's right. When the world is destined to explode. This is going to pull the plug on it. We really do need to quit while we're ahead, I think. So are we ahead? May, may, I think we're doing, yeah, uh, considering where we started. Yeah, we're, we're well ahead. Fair enough. Leave people, always leave people wanting. You know what I mean? Um, listener question, what's the worst show you've been to and why was it so bad? Yeah, I was thinking about um, uh, the best answer I got to last week's question, which was what should I send my kid to remind him that I love him while he's away at school? The best uh, response uh, was dad jokes. Uh, dad joke every day. All, I think all that's going to do is make him glad he's gone. Yeah, but, you know, he should be glad he's gone. He should be glad he's gone. Uh, oh, here's one for you. What did the zero say to the eight? I don't know. Nice belt. Okay, so what's the worst show you've been to and why was it so bad? Uh, and this is kind of comes on the heels of our entire discussion regarding music last week, I would imagine. Yeah, I was thinking about listener question this week, and I thought um, I enjoyed my own story about how <laughs> about <laughs> sorry, I enjoyed my own story so much that I was like, I bet other people have funny stories about really bad shows that they went to. No way. No, you're never going to enjoy anybody's story. It's just when it's you enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your own. Yep. Nobody's farts smell as good as mine. That's for That's damn right. sure. We were hanging out with some friends last week or the week before, and one of my friends uh, told a story that none of us had heard before because it had happened to them recently. And I said, oh, and right when I said, oh, my wife went, oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't. I said, don't what? Do I was it. like, what? What's wrong with you? She goes, you're going to tell that story. And I was like, what story? And she knew exactly which story I was going to tell. And then I was like, oh, never mind. But the friends were like, no, we haven't heard it. Tell that story. But I, so I was like trapped there in this situation. You have to invite her to like go outside like take a walk around the block i don't i used to get busted a, like a lot i would i i told i would get busted telling the same stories like over and over and uh like my friend sarah who uh, initially gave me the steve knievel moniker way back in the way back um she would be like dude you've already we've already gone over this and <laughs> um and then I had to make like a whole new group of friends who hadn't heard any of my stories before yeah. because all of my old friends had. And then, but then I was like, man, I got to like have new adventures or something. Cause it was, I told everyone all of the stories I'd run out and I got, you know, like endless amounts of like, uh-huh, dad. Oh, really? <laughs> and then what, and then what happened? I bet, I bet you found $5. Oh, <laughs> wait, I've already told this story. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a real marriage problem i mean alternately britney could sit right here behind me during the podcast and just go like eh, sorry <laughs> she could be your anti-hype man yeah that's right not hyping you up not being like yeah yeah man what he said that's a great yeah you're the best it's just like dude fuck just Sh heaving shut up they don't want to hear that <laughs> that's not a funny story just heaving sighs behind you uh did anybody did anybody chime in with uh with uh, uh stuff to send kids when they're in college uh, uh just the one person came back with dad jokes okay um i haven't checked my email though so i will <laughs> good <laughs> good one of these days uh okay well, i like that you leave it really long that way there's plenty of treasure in there yeah, and then i start replying to people who sent emails in april and say oh Oh, but yeah, to answer that question that you probably have already gotten answered or what have you, uh, I'll get to so, it. So that's, that suggestion was from Scott Belay. Um, right. He also said that we could just send him the weekly Would You Rather, um, which might be good because Owen has good Would You Rathers of his own. He really does. Uh, one of my favorites that I still get a lot of mileage out of is would you rather die in 30 days or live forever past space and time? Right. And that's a really interesting, like people have a, a, an array. I, I would say an overwhelming majority of people say like, oh, definitely die in 30 days. But some people claim that they want to be just out fucking floating in space. Like, I don't think people really understand what forever, forever, forever means. Like, no more friends, no more exchanges. You would, you'd lose your fucking sh I would lose my shit in at least two generations. What is you know? that? Is it John, Johnny Got a Gun? Is that the movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Metallica made their video one for. Right. Yeah. Where you can hear and you can see, but you can't communicate. Or no, you can hear, but you can't talk. Is that what, and you, you can't, can't see, And you right? can't see, yeah. You're just alone there inside your brain. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. That's like, that's what it would mean to live forever. Like, eventually the sun's going to go supernova, but you're just like, oh, that was, oh, gosh. Yeah. That wait, was dramatic. And then, and then a million years goes by and you're like, still there. You can't kill yourself. You can't die. You don't age. Which would be fine for a little while. Actually, it would even suck now because, <laughs> I mean, if, like if I'm stuck in this shell of a body for eternity, like, God damn yeah. it, my wrists and my back and my ankles are going to hurt <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was one that he came up with and I adore it. I think about it all the time. <laughs> it haunts me. Way it, to go, Owen. It haunts me. <laughs> Uh, so let's see, what do you got? Let's do, uh, music, music picks. Do we do music picks now? Uh, yeah, we'll do music picks. Why not? Okay. Um, right. my, my pick this week is the Jawbreaker record Bivouac. Um, I'm going to see G Jawbreaker in a couple weeks. Uh, 
I was we were cooking dinner last night, and Brittany said, "I said to Brittany, name a record." Uh, no, I said, name a great record. And she, she was like, oh, and then she said, who are we going to see soon? So I said, jawbreaker. So I put jawbreaker on and, uh, just let it kind of let it go. And, um, uh, I think there's jawbreaker is a, a, an interesting band to me because they started out, I thought really, really great. Uh, and then the last record they made. I didn't, it's the typical progression for me where I love them at the beginning and then it sort of fades out as they go along. And there's this weird uh, dynamic where most people who listen to Jawbreaker only know the last record or two and are like, that. think that's what Jawbreaker is. And I don't really like that stuff as much. So I'm picking Bivouac this week because I think it's the peak. Okay. I never got into them. (laughs) I don't, I tried, where are they from? Uh, well, they're a Bay Area band, That's what I thought. but they are from, I think they're from Los Angeles first. Okay. Yeah. They. I mean, like everybody went ape. I almost think like if I discovered them on my own, uh, like on my own timeline, I think I might have developed a greater appreciation for them, but because they were. They were so big, like Jawbreaker and J Church. I kind of uh, aligned those two bands in my brain in the same capacity. And what I've heard a ton of it, but not ever really listened to any of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And so I just, I just never, and people go berserk for them. Everybody loves them. I don't, I feel like an odd man out because I, I can't, I can't. It's like a delicious meal that I can't taste. No, I, I guess. get that. But I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why. Um well, like last week you accused me of being a dick. Mm, I don't remember that. <laughs> last week you said you always got to pick these obscure bands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you turned over a rock and, and there's little bugs playing little instruments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's a two-piece. We love a two-piece. <laughs> um, uh, I think for you, and I have this with other bands, if someone tells me a band is great, I'm kind of like, I doubt it. You know, like, there's just... <laughs> there's just something... Like, I was get, I got tattooed the other day, and there was music on in the tattoo shop, and Turnstile came on, and the guy doing my tattoo was like, ah, oh, turns this album is great. And I was like, mm, mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't, and then I, I listen to it. I listen, I listen to it a lot or I hear it a lot. I don't hate it. I don't hate turnstile. Uh, I love that the kids are going absolutely ape shit for this, but I'm like, you know, I hear it. And I'm like, Oh, if you like this, you should really check out this ancient band called quicksand because that's gonna blow your fucking mind you know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. um uh, it's like a it, it's like to my ear uh turnstile is what you would get if you ordered quicksand off of wish like it's close right but not quite um uh, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think probably a, you felt like you were supposed to like Jawbreaker, so you were like, mm, but no. Yeah. And they've got a certain, I think if this is the thing, like if you, I think if you didn't catch on at the beginning, later, um, later, their later stuff is sort of like emo pop punk-ish, which you don't, perceive if you came from the beginning which is why i'm recommending bivouac because it's a loud rowdy record that's the one with the it's a really beautiful painting on the cover of like a rabbit or something right yeah that's the one so yeah even like the aesthetics like the aesthetics even resonate with me but uh you know i might give it a try but not soon like in five years i'll listen to it and then I'll come back and be like, oh, my God, this is the best record I've ever heard in my life. How could I have not fucking embraced this at the beginning? 
Well, a great example of that is Jawbox. Everyone was like, Jawbox is great. Jawbox is great. And they were contemporaries with Jawbreaker. And I don't know why. I was like, I already have one Jawband. I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I went back to Jawbox later and I was like, oh, this is, this is actually, it is actually great. <laughs> oh, and I miss the I, I miss the train uh, a lot, and you know, for as much music as I consume and as mis- much music as I listen to, I, there's so much stuff that I hear like way after the fact, or like didn't even know that a third record was really oh like the fucking last, um, blue by the Jesus Lizard. I was so yeah. kind of over them after they signed to Capitol, and I wasn't like oh you guys are sellouts. I just was like, what else are they gonna do? Like everything they've done on touch and go is the best shit that they'll do. And it just ramped up and got better and better and better. And then they put a, a record out on blue and then, or on capital and then, and then broke up. And so now I like have a brand new Jesus lizard album to listen to that I've never heard before because I just sort of, I turned my ears off. Yeah. I think that definitely happens. Like, um, after quicksand, Walter did rival schools and I like the ri- first rival schools record. Okay. Boy, but then I they put, too. They put out more records and I was like, oh, okay, but I want to listen. I want it to be harder. Yeah. Not softer. But then not nicer. You revisit it and it's, and it, it's like a, it's a brand new experience, which exactly. is really exciting. It's what it was sort of slated to be when it was released, but it, no, but we're 20 years on and now you get to, at least you're getting to experience it. You know, at least I get to experience this new stuff. Yeah, uh, no I matter would, how long I would after. say. Email your future self, like, I don't know, seven, six, nine years, whatever, pick a prime number, uh, years from now. Hey, Steve, listen to Jawbreaker's Bivouac record. It just came out. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I will do it. I'm going to, I'm now I'm inspired to investigate. I'll probably do it today. Um, uh, my record, I'm going all the way back to 1984. <gasps> Ooh. So I've been doing the one band. Uh, one que- uh, the band uh, one question interviews uh yeah. i did schizophonics i did 68 uh i did brad from the adolescence and uh i did well i had a question for joby ford from the bronx uh but he didn't come to the show they played a few weeks ago as he was home recovering from a surgery uh, so I emailed him or I direct messaged him rather and asked him the question. And we've had a very nice exchange um, in the interim. But at one point I uh, listened, I guess I listened to a interview with him and he grew up in Grand Junction and um, grew up skateboarding. And he referenced the skate rock compilations that Thrasher magazine put out. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, we had the exact same experience. And like, I love from ninth grade or eighth grade or ninth grade on like, uh, the second skate rock album, blazing wheels and barking trucks was a standout. Like it there, every song on it is great. Later on, they did compilations with like skate master Tate and they had like this like dumb fucking raps and, you know, they tried to be a little bit more inclusive, but, but it wasn't like good. <laughs> like the songs <laughs> that they picked weren't, there were some good ones, but like most not really, it wasn't really anything that resonated with me. So I asked Joby what the standout track on blazing wheels and barking trucks was. Uh, and he picked, uh, something new by San Jose's Los Olvidados, which I wholly agreed with. Like it is a fucking great song. And then I started listening to it on, I found it on the entire album on YouTube and I only have it on tape. So I was like, I got to get this on vinyl. Right. And I tracked it down. It's the most money I've ever spent on a record. And it was in the, United. you texted me about this. It was, it was a, it was an impulse buy and it's money that I most certainly do not have to spend on a record. I mean, it's like, it was like 130 bucks or something. It wasn't, I'm not spending like $500 or thousand dollars on a record, but I've been listening to it. And then through that, I again, started listening to Los Olvidados again. And they're fucking an amazing punk band, like just stellar. Um, so at one point he said, I've never even seen, I don't, I've never even met anybody who saw, who've seen Los Olvidados. And I said, Oh, as a matter of fact, 
I have. And it was funny, my first exchange with anyone in the band, I was in line at a Chase Bank on Mission Street in like <laughs> 19, no, in probably 2002, I guess. And the guy in front of me in line had a Los Alvidado shirt on. And I was like, dude, where did you get that? That's amazing. I don't even know anybody who is who remembers that band. And he goes, oh, I'm the singer. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I just totally flipped out. I was like, no way, it's so cool. And then maybe a year later, they played like a skate rock uh, feature at, at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco. Uh, it was Los Olvidados, Drunk Engines, which is uh, Mofo from Thrasher Magazines. It, it, it was his band. And uh, Free Beer. Uh, which was Tommy Guerrero's first punk band. And they also, they were awesome. And um, I got, you know, it was like a childhood fantasy to see these bands and to, it was fucking great. But anyway, that record is, it's awesome. It, if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to track it down because as I said, it's complete on YouTube somewhere. And it's well, great. Presumably it's awesome. we're going to post that for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the whole record is is there, and it'll be in the notes or the whatever, whenever this gets published. Uh, so Jawbreaker, Bivouac, and uh, uh, Blazing Wheels, Barking Trucks, Thrasher's Skate Rock Comp Volume Two is our. They are our picks for this week. Uh, having gotten through all of that, let's take a word from our sponsor, and then we will get on with the shit show. Back with us this month is Shimano and the new GRX 12-speed mechanical groups. Rooted in simplicity, reliability, and adventure, the new 12-speed GRX lineup delivers more gearing options along with unrivaled ergonomics so riders get the most out of each unpaved adventure, wherever that might be. There are three flavors for these 12-speed groups, two one-by setups and a two-by. The emphasis is on giving riders the gearing they need to ride the gravel terrain they like best. GRX's ergonomics get an upgrade too with redesigned shift brake levers, adding 12-speed shifting without any additional lever bulk. The RX820 series shifters are designed for all-day comfort when using flared drop bars, a gravel cycling staple. By reducing pressure points and increasing surface area, your hands will feel less fatigued and you'll be more in control as you test your limits. You can learn more at gravel.shimano.com. Ha. We're back. And we're back. Today's show is about the urge to produce something big, a single work or collection that expresses everything you're about, your magnum opus, if you will. Uh, will revolting be the most consequential thing we've done with our lives? God damn it. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, the uh, great thing. I'm happy with it for sure. But if this is where I peak, it's a, it's not a peak. It's a, it's a, a abrupt hill. It's a small mountain. It's good. I'm very happy with it, but I want to do so much bigger stuff. It's an eruption <clears throat> like a zit. So first question First of all, is this dumb? Is it just an ego trip? Is the whole idea of every human, all 8 billion of us, having a, quote, legacy just ludicrous? Like a giant building with our name in gold letters on top, for example? Something perhaps? weird like that, yeah. Uh, and if we don't have that one thing, has our life actually been a failure? Uh, I'm so stoked with this because I am... Uh, I just had along my friend Daniel Wakefield Paisley just showed up from Portland last evening uh, and we went by my studio and we were talking about the creative process. Daniel has done uh, Yonder Journal and Mythical State of Jefferson and he has a pretty extensive web presence. He's the guy I've mentioned before who was, he. he's the one who kind of put together the Rafa uh, gentle person's rides. You know, the epics that are black and white and they're beautifully sure, sure. filmed and documented and whatever. Like he was doing, he was, that was his brainchild. And he contacted me at one point 
when I still worked at Santa Cruz Bikes and said, hey, I'm doing this thing and you get these badass bikes and you get all this cool clothing. I'd not heard of Rafa at this point. It was so long ago. Uh, they had not even broken out of the UK. And um, I was in the process of trying to get Swabo going again. And I thought it'd be a little bit of a conflict of interest. So I respectfully declined, but Rafa turned into what Rafa turned into. Got bought by Walmart. <laughs> Swobo shit the bed for the third time in a row. <laughs> uh, but but uh, with the day I got fired, I uh, called him. We were talking. I remember I was sitting on my deck and we were chit-chatting and he got fired from Rafa on the exact same day. So, yeah, there's a little bit of backstory about DWP. But he showed up last night. We went to my studio and we were talking about this very thing. Like, when when do you, do you, do you know when you've done the thing that, is going to be your legacy. Um, are you aware of it while you're doing it? I feel like I've been a fucking fraud. I've been an art fraud. Um, through the whole of my heartbreak and the conclusion of my marriage, I wasn't making anything that really fulfilled me. Um, moved here, had a shitty little corner and a shitty little room and a shitty little building. And I wasn't doing anything that I was really psyched about. Uh, I was just making because I have to, but not because I wasn't thinking about it when I was gone. Like, Oh, I can't wait to get back and continue working on this thing. And I haven't had one of those moments, one of those experiences in terms of the creative process. Uh, I'd say since 2008 or nine i've just been making shit for this just because i have to but i haven't liked any of it which is shitty sucks but is it true that you haven't liked any of it because you haven't liked yourself jesus christ i just replayed that in my mind after i said it out loud and i was like that's a yeah what kind of question is that? But but seriously, you know, I, I as a friend, um, I enjoy your work. Even I think the stuff that you think is just huh, well, whatever, uh, I enjoy it. I think it has a point of view and a sense of humor and a whole thing. But I just wonder if if how you feel about it is actually just how you feel about you. No, because. Uh... It's about how I feel about my life, I think. Not not me personally. Like I've done a ton of work on myself and that's been that's been great, but uh I mean even when I was happy, I was or even when I was like content and like fulfilled, I I still had this like there was a, like a profound sense of sadness and there was all of the self-deprecation and all the bullshit that I have built up as sort of a defense um, that, that that's always existed. It was just, there's something about feeling safe and content and content that like when you are making work that you're happy with it all kind of, uh, uh, it all kind of fits in a harmony together, I guess, for lack of a better term and um and i was it wasn't so much that i wasn't happy with myself i just wasn't happy the last bunch of years i just haven't been happy with uh or i haven't been happy with the fucking universe like nothing mm. um uh feeling sort of like imminent displacement yeah uh, and, and I knew what I was, I knew what I was doing too. Like I knew what I was, I knew where I was going and, uh, artistically and, and sort of domestically and all of that. Like there was a lot of safety in, in that. So I don't know if I answered the question. I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. Like, and I, I don't know if the next thing that I work on, like I, the stuff that I did in 2008, I always wanted to do bigger versions of it. And that was it. probably a year of work, maybe a year and a half of work. And that con concluded with a show in New York and 
I got written up in the Times pink section and the whole thing. Like it was like, okay, here we go. Now, now what's next? And it just not, and it just fizzled. It was like a big firework that the fuse got lit on and then it fizzled out right before it exploded. And that, just that process, like going through all of that uh, emotional sort of roller coaster and and whole palette of of feelings to get to that final uh experience and have it be just kind of fall flat like that really takes it out of you um and i don't feel like i ever fully got on my feet again i but like i said i've always been making i just don't i don't i don't know i don't know um there hasn't been any one big bite like it's been little nibbles but nothing substantial i haven't felt like but now having done all of those boxes for that show in new york and always having wanted to do bigger versions of it i finally was propelled once i got my new studio to to get my shit together and to make bigger versions of some of those pieces and now i feel like i'm now i'm kind of like getting my feet under me again for the first ready time to go. ready to go i think so maybe i don't know it's scary you know yeah like you don't want to jinx it by putting too much pressure on it no 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 and i don't know exactly how i'm going to do this you know like i don't know how i'm going to make the pieces that go into the like essentially what i did was i i found these bot these little boxes in ikea and then i started making three-dimensional uh, interiors of this fictitious town, right? The whole show was called the town and I had 60 of these little shadow boxes that I made. And, and in each of the boxes, there were multiple layers of watercolor, uh, like, you know, there's the foreground and there's the grass and there's the figure and there's the fence and the, and it's all stacked up on little slices of foam core so there's like dimension to these little boxes and i was very proud of them i i put a hundreds of hours of work into them so at that point that was one of my big achievements and then you climb up that hill and then you fall all the way down to the bottom and then you start the process over again um how would you feel if in like uh, tw- the year 2120, uh, the art critic for the Galactic Times was like, we've discovered an artist. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't you imagine. Captured- like the, the end of your existence, like you've worked your whole life to... But that, I mean, that, that lends to your question is, is like having a legacy, like what, why do I do this? Am I doing it for accolades? Like, no, (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) No, but, but so why, like what drives somebody to, to make? And I know that I've referenced it before. There was a sort of somebody uh, rhetorically asked this question on on Twitter at one point, like if you didn't have to worry about making a living, what would you do? Like, yeah. And everybody, it was just, it's just pages of responses and everyone unilaterally without exception said they would do Bake sourdough bread. They would oh. do something with their hands. Oh. They would, oh, yeah. they would do something creative. They'd write, they'd shoot photos, they'd play music, whatever. Like, I think it's a fundamental foundational piece of the human experience that sadly gets squelched by being forced to fucking pay rent and pay bills and stuff. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. That didn't really answer your question. I think I'd feel sad. I think I'd feel a little ripped off if, you know, like I spent my whole life doing this stuff and and was not able to make a living or not recognized and then somebody decided that it was important after all (laughs) i think i'd feel a little resentful 
Huh. But I'd I also, mean, be- the art industry fucking sucks. Like, mm. they're not real big on, you know, supporting people while they're, it is, it's just that, it is an industry. What were you going to ask? Well, I was just going to say you'd be real dead, so you wouldn't feel resentful. About oh, did you say be- 21, whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have any feelings about it either way. I mean, I think, and this is just part of my generalized nihilism, I think, that I would be, you know, if I could look back uh, after I am dead um, and someone would like discovered my work and was like, oh, one of the great writers and thinkers of the, of the, you know, the 21st century, uh, I would find that fucking hilarious. (laughs) Well... If if we're racing for the bottom, as it seems like we are, then uh, it's mm. entirely possible that this could be considered like culturally <laughs> significant somewhere down the road. But oh, I yeah. mean, look at like I love uh, I I didn't when I went to see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time at the two dollar cinema when I was in high school. Yep. I was yep. not prepared to have it resonate with me for the rest of my life <laughs> as as ridiculous as that movie is the idea of two people just doing whatever the fuck they feel like doing or what, you know, lights a fire under them being in a shitty metal band that doesn't play any or shitty rock band that doesn't actually have any songs, uh, being, this is the thing that the future society hinges on. Like the idea right. of being nice to each other and all the, you know, so that's the, that's the, I know I've referenced it a million times, but that's the pebble in the water. What kind of waves do you want to make? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. what kind of impression would you hope to make if you were guaranteed to make any kind of impression at all? Yeah. I mean, that's a question I ask myself a lot. It's a very, it's an instructive guiding question for me in all kinds of situations. Like if I'm in some hassle with another human being and I want to be a dick or I want to do, I, or I want to run away or whatever it is, I'll ask myself, what, what am I going to want this to have looked like? What would I want to look back and say that I did? What decision would I wish that I had made? And then even if I don't feel that, try to do that now. Yeah. And so sometimes when I look look at my own work, I think to myself, what would, you know, if my kids or my grandkids, if they were interested, it's a, it's a big ask to think even your own children or grandchildren will be interested in you. Although I think that is somewhat natural. Um, What would, would, I want to write things and express ideas that they'll find interesting and compelling. And in some ways, I think I'm writing for them more than I'm writing for any other audience. Mm. But I have a problem. I've written so many words over so many years on so many topics. And most of my work is like little, you know, it's like blog post size. Uh, even uh, even stuff that isn't blog posts, but like that's that like 500 word length has been what I do over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. There's probably a million words more. I don't know. <clears throat> and one of the things I struggle with is like, how could I pull the th- like the threads of it all together to kind of cohere into one uh, comprehensible thing. It'd be a book. It would be a book a trillion pages long, you know, or like, and how do you whittle down? How do you choose? Well, that's it. I I think about it all the time. And I've, I have done it several times where I like go through past stuff and like pick what I think are the good things and put them in a pile. And then I look at the pile and I go, Oh, Oh, I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. I, it's a really, 
It's a really interesting question. Um, I don't think if you if you have that if you don't have that one thing, your life is a failure. Um, I think that if you haven't tried to complete that one thing, that by itself is an individual failure. I would say that. Right. Not trying, yeah. not trying is not trying to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yourself, I, I, I guess. I think, I think that's right. Like, try to waste as little time as possible, understanding that wasting time is also part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dear friend Pete Lecomp, he, I, I think about this guy all the time. He is such a peach. He's a dude I went to school with. Um, and he was, uh, he was like one of the screen printer derelicts at my college and his, his concepts were always really good. And his, his drawings were always really rudimentary, but the ideas that they expressed were so brilliant. And then he would do these other sort of variations on, uh, you know, like religious paintings and and take old uh ads out of magazines and then sort of reimagine them but when he graduated uh he kind of lost his way for a little while and then he his family had a big piece of land down in gilroy in garlic country in california and there was this old dilapidated barn that he um rebuilt basically uh, using the interior of the original barn. So his house is just fucking gorgeous. And then the interior is all mo old mossy wood and stuff. It's, he built his <laughs> uh -huh. own fireplace. And at the time he built his own refrigerator. And this guy is so fucking crafty. Um, but I asked him somewhere along the way, like, oh, you're not making stuff. Are you making stuff? He said, I'm not making stuff, but I'm always thinking about making stuff. And, and, and I realized sort of, sort of like it just in that observation or that response that if you make stuff and you're not actively physically making stuff, but you're thinking about the next stuff that you're going to make, as long as you don't spend your entire life just coming up with concepts and stuff. And, and granted, you know, building the house was like, that was a huge project and it's, you know, ongoing because he has to maintain the property and stuff. But just to have when you have that creative fire um and you might not be able to get into active execution of said ideas or said inspiration um that is as important as the actual production well yeah i think that's right i mean even in even in my paid work sometimes i'll bill i'll send an invoice out and i'll think gosh i didn't it didn't take me that long to to produce that piece of work but then i remember that i was thinking about that piece of work in the shower and while i was cooking like producing Abs the work absolutely. isn't just the cons the time you know fingers on keyboard that's, you have to conceive of it. It, it it's really it's a it's a super good it's a super good thing to recognize um and and and, and not only just that but like you know you think like oh i'm overcharging somebody for this thing it's not just it's not just the time spent in the shower or cooking or actually doing it it's it's the 30 years uh, uh, honing your craft that got you to the point where they asked you to do this thing to begin with like all of this is billable hours obviously you can't say like okay well that's going to cost uh 18 billion dollars because <laughs> it uh 50 cents an hour uh it's the last 30 years of my life that got us here how much do you owe me? Let's see. I was born in 1971. <laughs> Three of the three. It's, and then... it's not a bad, it's not a bad aspect of all of this to, to, to keep in consideration though. Um, I would like to say there's a video that I found and I don't know who this guy is. He was a, uh, he's like some college professor. He's this bespectacled guy with dark hair. And, um, uh, he was, I guess, he like made a video of like making a pizza on his YouTube channel or something. But for whatever reason, this video 
uh, blew up and that went viral and kind of put him on the map. And he started thinking about like, is this the thing that I want to be known for? And then he goes, he does this whole video about be careful what you, or not be careful, be mindful of what you create because the thing that you make might become the thing that you're known for. Like keeping that in mind, which is a really interesting idea to me. And then he talks about specifically and pretty pointedly talks about that metal band uh, Warrant. You know, they, <laughs> they did that song Cherry Pie. So oh, yeah. the singer of that band was sort of a, so was sort of a, a savant, like really talented songwriter, multidisciplinary mu- musician. And then ended up in Warrant, and they the record label heard that right re- the record that Cherry Pie came out on. They were like, ah, we're kind of we don't hear a hit, like we don't hear a love in an elevator kind of a thing. And he's like, all right, whatever. So he bangs <laughs> out. He writes Cherry Pie, just writes it, writes the lyrics on a pizza box, you know, c- comes up with the 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 structure, in- instrumental structure, or whatever. They record it, and he goes they're like later interviews. He's like. And then all of a sudden, I'm the cherry pie guy. And he said, I was fucking judging cherry pie eating contests and cherry pie this and cherry pie that. <laughs> and he looks off camera and he says, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I would rather take a bullet than have written that song. And he Ooh. ended up killing himself. He ended up drinking himself to death later on in, in life. Um, but he's just like, this guy who made this video is sort of like presenting this as a cautionary tale. Like, mm. don't make sure that whatever you are putting into the world isn't going to be your cherry pie. Right. And it could have been managed differently. Like, it was a, you know, whatever. It was a terrible song. But, like, as a band, just say, like, okay, well, that was our fucking banger. That was our pinnacle or whatever. And now we're just going to go on to do other things, I guess. Well, I think that's why you have to, like, not take yourself too seriously. Um not get too wrapped up. My, my my friend Peter always says that he tries to stay off the results committee. He does what he's going to do. It's for other people to decide what it's worth or not worth. Just stay off the results committee. Do your work. Keep your head down. And let it be what it's going to be. You can't control it. Right. Well, you can... Right. You can't control the response. You can't control what happens once it's in the world. Uh, but you can control everything up to that point. You do control everything up to that point. Well, that, and I think this is sort of where it circles back to, to Cherry Pie. Like, okay, he sold his soul a little bit there, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, you might have said, well, this is going to be a throwaway song. It's never going to work. But then it w- ends up working out. He's the Cherry Pie guy. Um, so, like, at the beginning, you have to make sure you're not just... I mean, with all due respect to whores generally, you shouldn't be whoring yourself out just for money, right? You should. You shouldn't be, but that's also not really the society that we live in. I mean, anybody who has a job they hate is is doing that. Yeah, no, I get that. and But there's a difference between doing things in order to provide for yourself or your family and your creative expression. And if you're doing your creative expression just to get paid, that's probably not a great strategy. No, but it's an unfortunate reality. And we've all yeah. we've all compromised our integrity to do something. I don't want to do this illustration, or I don't want to do this commission, or whatever. But like, I gotta pay. I gotta make a living, and it's not my favorite thing. So yeah, you you sell your. You sell your soul a little bit here and there. Sucks. Uh, having a soul is a mistake, probably. <laughs> so, what are you working on? You're working on shadow boxes. Yeah, currently. And would you? And you want them to be your magnum opus, but we're not going to talk about that because we got to w- make stuff. Yeah, they won't be. I mean, that's. I guess that's the that's the thing. They want. They're going to be. This is going to be the biggest project I've worked on in a while. So, in in terms of of that. And the execution and completion of this concept, this will be, uh, for now, this will be the big, the big thing. Um, but you don't know until 
you're done with your existence. Like, did I live a good life? Did I make good work? Did I do right by people? Did I inspire other people to live a good life and make good work? I think ultimately it's not going to be, for me personally, it's not going to be any one thing. It's going to be a culmination of a whole lot of things. That would be, that would be what I would be, uh, what I would consider to be my, my complete, the completion of my magnum PI opus. Why is it called that, by the way? What is a, what is a magnum opus? Magnum opus is your great work. Yeah, but what, why is it called that? What's that refer to? Uh, I think it's, um, Latin. Uh, it is Latin. Uh, and it refers, you know, it, to, I think traditionally it's referred to like classical music compositions. Okay. Because I think Magnum, uh, Gun, and then I think Opus. Wasn't Opus a little penguin in a comic strip? <laughs> Maybe it was called Opus? Is that right? <laughs> Opus was a character in, uh, yeah, popular cartoon. Penguin. What the fuck was it? Wasn't it a penguin? Thinking Opus was a penguin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, Tim, the way my brain works, that makes no, those two things. Penguin make... gun! <laughs> uh, what is your, what is your gun, gun penguin going to be? Opus, Opus means work. Okay. Magnum. Epic, your Ma epic work. Magnum means big, like a large condom. Yeah. Okay. Or... Okay. Uh, I'm... Uh, yeah, okay, I get it now. Uh, yeah, my, my big work will be the completion of all of my work. That, and not having fucking thrown myself into the pit in the, you know, in the process. Surviving it all. That's, those are, sure. all of that, everything. It's going to be my, my life's work will be making it through my life, making as much good stuff as I can in whatever there format. Is. So that's, there that, it is. I like that. That's me. What about um, you? Me? I don't know. Uh, it's, I think it's the same. I'm going to keep making the words. <clears throat> maybe, uh, maybe a book will come together at some point. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a, a, a very large pile of scattered ideas is the perfect legacy for me because it, it, it most clearly represents who i am big fucking pile of scattered ideas not a Just, bad idea for the name of a, the book too yes a giant pile of scattered ideas just imagine that there is someone in the world who will look back on their life and think the most impactful thing i did was make r kelly memes in the 2000s right Someone, that's going to be their thing. Also, this show's called Magnum P.I. Opus, and Tom Selleck's Magnum Opus was that show. Was Magnum P.I. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. He's on Blue Bloods. Apparently, parent, but like my parents really love Blue Bloods. So, but, uh, you know what? Uh, Blue Bloods is sort of like the new Matlock. Old people love that shit. <laughs> I go over to my mom's house and she explains to me what happened on last night's P British detect like PB uh, PBS British detective show. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says it was a real hoot. I think you'd really like it, despite me having zero history of really liking it. <laughs> Uh, our parents know us so well. And at the same time, she always time, says that about musicals too. I'll be like, I hate musicals. And she'd be like, but what about such and such? I'd be like, nope. And she'd be like, oh, it's such a hoot. I think you should give it another try. I think you'd really like it. West Side Story. You hate West Side Story? Hate? I know. I don't hate any of it. I just, I just. Uh, you just, how about Bye Bye Birdie? That's got some bangers. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's got All right. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, on with the would you rather. My magnum opus is probably one of these magnum opi. Um, 
I don't remember which of these we've already done. Maybe, oh, fuck. Have we already done all of them? Oh, man. You're supposed to cross them out or check them off as I you go. I know. Well, I've got little scribbles next to all of them. Mmm. Would you? Ooh. Uh, okay. I don't know if we've done this one. Remind me, because I'm like, my memory's shot. Uh, would you rather have your partner be deeply in love with you? Have we done this one? Yeah, we did that one. Oh, fuck. Uh, be famous. I have one. If you okay, need me to wait, bail you but out. Wait, you might, I might. Uh, would you rather be itchy for the rest of your life? Have we done that one? Itchy or what? Uh, excruciating pain, like unbearable pain one day a oh. year. Oh, I don't think we've done that one. No. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'll read it from the top. Would you rather be itchy for the rest of your life? Like real itchy, not super itchy, not, but like itchy, like you'll ha always have itches. Maybe you have itches. life. Mul <laughs> multiple <laughs> places. Uh, or be in unbearably excruciating pain uh, just one day a year. And uh, let's just do a work day. Like it's just eight hours. Eight, eight hours a day, you're like hauling ass for the morphine drip. There's nothing you can do. You are just like, it's like every bone in your body is broken. Mm. For one eight-hour shift. <clears throat> or itchy every day. Or itchy all the time, every day. I have, there's some itch on my arm. That's been there for like three weeks. There's no rash. There's no bump. There's no problem. It's just itchy. So I'm living that life a little bit and I hate it. Having said that, I got tattooed the other day and it was all down the back of one leg. And generally I'm pretty good with tattoo pain, but I was not okay with it. I was in, I was, and what, it reminded me of every time I watch a torture scene in a movie, like where they do an interrogation or something. I'm like, in my mind, I'm always like, ah, I would be, I would mind over <laughs> my, I would totally be okay with that. Oh, but yeah, punch me in the face. That's fine. You know, I'm like, and then I was, I was getting tattooed and I was like, I would not be, I would not be, I would be a basket case. Yeah. I would be a terrible fucking, I would be a terrible spy. Like every time I go to the dentist, I'm like, nope, I'll tell you all the secrets. Like it, it yep. just like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't like, I mean, I mean, I could be argued. I'm in like a uh, pain all the time, but yeah, it's manageable. But being itchy, I think all the time for the rest of my life would make me go insane. So, yeah. It's a question of volume. I think I would take the eight hours of, pain but the problem is you don't know how that's going to affect you especially if you know that it's coming again yeah. next year yeah yeah and your brain creates all kinds of stuff like your brain can create illness it can create wellness like i think i really truly sincerely believe that stress can make people sick uh uh, projection of like, like you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're like wringing your hands about a thing that hasn't happened yet. That can, that can cause issues. And I mean, I don't mean like, Oh, I, I, I worried myself into a cold, but I, I think that you can, you, you manifest various physical ailments and, and, and cures, you know, like why do placebos work? Sure. That's my, that's my counter. Here's a question. Are there after effects of the pain or no. at the end of your eight hours, you're just like, okay, back to like, shake it off. Yeah. But you know, like all the pain body shit and memory of pain and, and like manifesting the memory of pain. Like there it's, it's gonna have, it's gonna have, uh, ill effects one way or another before yeah. or after or both. Um, and it would have to be some kind of a mind over matter. Like you just, you go into like a deep meditation so you can manage this shift. Well, that's what I was trying to do during the tattoo. I was like, okay, just go to that place. Yeah. Ow, ow, ow. It takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of practice. Right. And I you wonder if you would. If you'd be able to get to that place with your itchiness that you could tune it out. Mm. Mm. Uh, maybe. 
I don't know. Or are you saying for the sake of the would you rather that no matter what you do, you're itchy? <laughs> it's probably that. Yeah. It's probably that. I'd take the pain, I think. Eight hours is a long time. The other thing about pain is that it's fatiguing. Yeah. Yeah. But being itchy all the time. Fuck that. I mean, anybody yeah. who's ever had poison ivy or poison oak, even on small parts of their body, knows how incapacitating that can be. Yeah, people with eczema and psoriasis who live in, live in their lives. That's uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, gosh. I'll probably, probably take the pain. Yeah, yeah I vote pain. Sucks. That's a bummer one. Uh, but I will put a little hash mark next to that one. I've oh, asked sweet. a bunch of people these questions. I was so proud of all of them that I don't remember what I've uh, asked <laughs> you. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, here's the outro. We're done. Remember, it's better to regret the burritos you have eaten than the ones you haven't. A burrito in the hand is worth two burritos hucked at a passing car. Go to cyclingindependent.com and throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar so we can afford to regret selling out. Thanks on behalf of Revolting and uh, Cycling Independent. I'm Seal. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it.